Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Very quickly, uh, I will tell you, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. I'm going to bang off about four quick texts. You can text us at 630-630. Oilers GM Texas show, Bob, Vegas got an apology from the NHL, didn't advance the referees to the next round. Where was our apology and why did those refs advance from 2017? Um, that text comes to us from Oilers GM. My response, with all due respect to what happened against Edmonton, and I know the show's called Oilers now, it wasn't as an egregious of a call as the call that was made against. Sorry, Speck, let me turn you up what here. What call are we talking about here? The the Talbot, the Kessler on Talbot, the goalie interference. Okay, on. but that was a Toronto call. That went to video replay. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's not even a... Yeah, it's not... But the officials called it a goal on the ice, so... Okay, anyways. but... Yeah. It, the but point the, was, if it was... Right. I, I Listen, don't get me wrong. I don't get how Toronto could watch Kessler prying open Talbot's legs and say, that's fair game. Like, I'm stupefied. But... They need a goalie. They need a goalie in there. Yeah, blame Toronto. Don't blame those two refs. It would be... There's nothing wrong with blaming Toronto. We do it often on this show. Blame Toronto. They, right? I never got that one either. Okay. And, you know, it's funny. We bring up Talbot because he was on Twitter the other day when it was a play with... Uh, oh. Was... Tuka Rask. Was it... Ra- yeah, game five in, in Boston. The, and, and they called I, it a I goal. I couldn't believe they called that a goal. And then I look on Twitter and Talbot couldn't believe it either. Yeah. And he said they got to get a goalie in Toronto. Maybe they do, Bob. All right. I don't mind that idea. So, Stoffer Inspector is brought to you each Tuesday on Oilers Now and has been for the last three years by Horse Racing Alberta and live racing starts Sunday out at Century Mile. I was out there the other day, uh, the Century Mile uh, racetrack and casino and we're joined by Paul Reinwald who looks after the two uh, Century Group uh, racetracks in the province of Alberta. Paul, it's Bob Stoffer with Mark Spector. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks, good thanks. afternoon. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us here in Oilers Now. Uh, for our, 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 our listeners who maybe know a little about horse racing, but maybe not a lot, uh, what can you tell us about what's taking place this Sunday uh, out at uh, Century Mile, which, uh, for those of you that don't know, is, is out near uh, the, the airport? Well, we have nine races uh, to kick off the inaugural meet at uh, Century Mile, and uh, post time is 1.45, so that is the first race. Uh, we'll start festivities around 1 o'clock. We'll introduce the jockeys and uh, have live anthem and bugler. Um, so we would ask, if you're coming out, that you would probably want to come early um we're expecting you know pretty good uh crowd for opening day we have a traffic plan worked out with uh the airport as well as uh auxiliary parking for if we fill our uh, parking lot which we expect to do so my advice is to show up early and uh we'll start things off so uh, those of us who grew up in edmonton we kind of only know racing the way northlands did racing right and I suspect you guys will do some things different now. 
can we expect sort of the, like what we're used to here is a thoroughbred meet followed by the sulkies would come in and they're more of a fall and winter thing. Uh, we used to get chucks here uh, during the, uh, I believe during Klondike days, right? The, the tour would come through. I notice on the schedule they're not scheduled to come here. What are the things you guys might do differently or, or the same? Well, the racing seasons are going to be fairly consistent with what you saw at Northlands. Uh, we start things off with the thoroughbred meet through the summer, and in uh, September we transfer to the standardbred season that will uh, go until the end of the year. Um, as far as similarities, I mean, we will be hosting uh, the Canadian Derby on August 18th, um, the day before that, we actually split off and, and moved the Oaks and the Distaff to the Saturday and are doing a, you know, a ladies' day similar to the Kentucky Oaks um, is the day before the Kentucky Derby. Uh, on that day, we are actually also hosting the first um, edition of Packwood Grand, which is an event that we've had at Century Downs for four years now, and it, uh, it's a day of uh, dressing up in high society, similar to what Canadian Derby uh, was at Northlands, but now we're including this as a three-day uh, festival of racing that starts on the Thursday evening card prior to uh, Oaks Day and Derby Day. So, you mentioned so that is a, a little bit of a departure from the norm. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's other events planned throughout the, the, the season. One of the things that we get to play with um, from a uh, on the racetrack side itself is uh, we've changed up a few of the distances of uh, some of the stakes races and that because with the mile racetrack, we have that ability. We're joined by Paul Reinwald from Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. He's also got Century Downs down in Calgary. Bob Stauffer, Mark Spector with you. Uh, what days will you be racing uh, here in the spring out at Century Mile? So for the most part, uh, we start off with the Saturday-Sunday racing at 145. Uh, we do race the holiday Monday uh, in May, uh, May 20th. That's also a 145 post. And then at the end of May, and I don't have the calendar in front of me, but I think it's May 30th, but the first Thursday or that we race is the last Thursday of May, and that post time will be 5.55 p.m., and then we race every Thursday pretty much up until the end of the meet, which uh, wraps up on August 26th. Um, so Thursday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday will be the, the norm throughout the summer, with the exception that we will race holiday Mondays. So tell me, Paul, about the, you know, we always used to talk about the handle, right? The amount of money that, that gets bet uh, in a given day of racing. Uh, and that includes off-track betting. I don't know where off-track betting is today to where it used to be. I, uh, clearly, the casino, we were down at your casino on the yep. opening day. It was, you know, it's like a Vegas casino down there. It's unbelievable. Uh, again, I go back to the old days of horse racing when you just used to go watch the horses race in bed and leave. Right, <laughs> right. right. The food was lousy. Well, and, and, <laughs> and, and the fact that the government got, in, you know, got in the casino business changed the complexion of horse racing in this Absolutely. province. Absolutely. The, the, there wasn't much else to do but watch a race. The food wasn't any good. The place was kind of grimy. Now, today, it's a completely new ball game. It's a first-class casino. Great food. Beautiful track. Uh, where are we with the state of racing and the handle and the participation in the horse racing, Paul? Uh, or, or is it your goal to build that back up to a place it's been, or how healthy is it at this point? 
Well, I, I absolutely. It's a, a goal to, to build it. And, you know, I mean, horse racing in Alberta has been treading water for the last decade. And, you know, fortunately, uh, it has been treading and not drowning. But uh, <laughs> I, we see the having the two brand new, for the most part, facilities, um, it, you know, the new infrastructure for horse racing, and then... Um, and having us have both uh, A tracks, we have the ability to really uh, leverage that in the market. And I'm talking about the North American market, about selling our signal. We have buying power when it comes to what, you know, tracks that we bring in uh, for simulcast for the OTB network and that. And we really see this as the start of a, a period where we will uh, see growth in the industry. You know, the, Going back to, I started in this business in 1987. <laughs> the four and five day week racing for 120 days a year, you know, for each breed, we're never going to get back to that. That was in the days of uh, monopoly in the marketplace. And, you know, that obviously changed. But horse racing is still something that people want to consume. You see it when there's 160,000 people out at the Kentucky Derby in a driving rainstorm. You see it on Breeders' Cup. You see it on the Canadian Derby. If you provide a good product, people do want to consume that product. And that's what we're looking at is to, to continue to develop the horse racing product in Alberta as well as selling that product outside of the borders of Alberta. Paul, uh, just to wrap up, how do people find out more information about Century Mile Racetrack and Casino? Uh, go to our website, uh, centurymile.com. We'll uh, have you on before uh, the Canadian Derby. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us here in Oilers now. Thank you for having me. You bet. That's Paul Reinvelt, uh from Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. He's the GM. He's also the GM of Century Downs. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector with you. And it, it is obviously a dramatically different business than it used to be. And, uh, oh, for sure. Because we want everything right now. And you can go there and get it right now, too, if you're a guy that likes to uh, wager a, a nickel or two. Hmm. Uh, the dollar sh- machines, by the way, pay more than the uh, penny machines. <laughs> Not that I would have any personal uh, experience with that. But, uh, it's shaping enough. Up out there, I was, I was, yeah. I was that's at the track, you know, you you look at Red Tail and it's sitting right there. Yeah. And there's a giant outlet mall, I mean, right? I don't know how long ago was it when all we had was the airport, <laughs> right? Now you go out there. Uh, who's the giant? Um, you know what, Mark? I mean, I because I'm out there all the time, right? All seasons. I mean, I just finished year yeah, eleven you know, doing the Oilers, right? Like I can I can remember when Red Tail was the only new thing that was out there at all, right? And I mean, that's a hell of a golf course. Yeah, for right, sure. You know, right. I, it's, a, it's it's just a, a neat. The whole neighborhood out there, all of a sudden, yeah. has turned into something. I might be a little partial to Blackhawk, but that's you know, like, yeah, only yeah. and only because I'm I, a quarry man myself. Yeah, so well, that's because you know we all like wrecking other people's days by golfing with them, so that's all right. So we'll look forward to... Uh, uh, Sunday's going to be an interesting day because we've got Game 6 of the Edmonton Oil Kings as well Sunday afternoon at Rogers Place between Edmonton and Prince Albert. We'll talk about that when we come back. We'll get to this day in Oilers history, and we'll get to a bunch of your texts because there's a lot of texts that have come in. Again, that was Paul Reinveld joining us from Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. This is Oilers Now. This is Oscar Plathbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. All right, let's go to... Uh well, we'll tell you, Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or 
visit the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Star for Inspector brought to you every, well, today, Friday. Speckle, are you joining us again Tuesday? You're going to join us, be back in studio? Yeah, you, absolutely. Are, you're Tuesday. not going on the road for round two? I am not in the road for round two, Bob. Star for Inspector every Tuesday for the horses and horse racing Alberta. 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry. I wonder how uh, the leadership changed, whether or not that uh, plays a factor. Because we all know that Ralph Klein was a huge supporter of the uh, horse of racing industry. Um, Don Getty and all those guys. Oh, were, yeah. They yeah. were... They were Big fans of the thoroughbreds as well. Uh, to this day in Oilers history. And some people say, why do you guys do a this day in Oilers history segment? Well, for nine months of the year, it's a sole feature. Uh, and you know what? It's the show's called Oilers now. The team has a decent history. What do you got, Brendan? Uh, this day back in 1986, not a good one. It was Jamie McCowan with a goal and an assist on Grant Fear, and that pushed the Flames past the Oilers 4-1 and put them up 3-2 in the Smythe Division Final Series. 86. 86. What happened in Game 7 of that series? Well, Anybody remember? Wait a sec. What happened in Game 6? Recall what happened in Game 6? Yeah, the Oilers won. That was the one time Semenko really busted up Tim Hunter, too. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. They're still fighting in game six of a playoff series. Those were the days, Bob. That's because there was finally separation <laughs> in the game. It was a three-goal lead for the Oilers. The Oilers won in Cowtown 7-4. Yeah. yeah, game seven, Steve Smith. Uh, you know, you go to, like, the Mo- – you ever go to Mojo, like, top ten, you know, biggest sports gaffes of all time? And so, like, okay. you know, watch Mojo.com. Anyhow, Steve Smith's in there. I remind people that Steve Smith bounced back from that and Wayne Gretzky handed the trophy to Steve Smith in 1987, uh, a year later when the Oilers won the Cup against the Flyers. Smith was the first player after Gretzky to touch the Stanley Cup. And Steve Smith uh, went on to be a terrific NHL defenseman for a long time. Oh, very, for a long time. Very good coach. I think people, you know, it's one of those things. You know, people forget all the particulars of the series and they just go, oh yeah, that's a series that Steve Smith cost the Oilers, but... You know, remember, as you would remember, Bob, the Oilers were down in that series they one, lost one th- nothing. They were down two one. They were down three, three two, two, and they lost four three. The other team, they chased that series the whole way. Right. The and other they, team was better than they were. And there was some stubborn and obstinance in how Glenn Sather coached that team. And then they came back in '87 and were on. That was their. That I don't care to anybody's team ever. That right. was their best. You wrote the book. Yeah. It was the best team ever. Yep. And then in '88, the Flames were terrific in the regular season. Four straight. It was awesome. Yeah. What was the favorite thing you, you wrote, we, by the way, in in, of, in the book, uh, The Battle of Alberta? Which Part of it was one of the chapters I loved was the chapter on Dave Brown and Stu Grimson yeah. and where they've come and gone and where they came from and where they ended up. And Here's what I didn't know, Bob, and I don't know if you knew this before you read my book several times. Did you know that before that big, remember the fight, it happened on a Sunday night, um, Stu Grimson came into Edmonton and kind of got a little bit the better of Dave Brown, remember? Yeah. And yeah. people said, oh, man, this kid, you know, the Grim Reaper, he beat up Dave Brown. And Your Brian boy, like Jim Matheson. Much. Right, lots of guys did. And, and Jimmy Ma- uh, Brown didn't speak for 48 hours in because they were going back on Tuesday night into Calgary. But here's what I didn't know, Bob. Stu Grimson had effectively grabbed Brown's left arm and stopped him from throwing punches and beat him up a little bit, I guess. So the Esco, or the Oilers, Barry Stafford, yeah. called Dwayne Mandrusiak. Yeah. He said, Dwayne, what do you do for these things? He goes, well, when we have an offensive lineman that's, you know, where the defensive guy's grabbing him all the time, we grease him up, put grease all over his uniform so you can't grab him. So I didn't know oh, that yeah. they greased down Dave Brown before that fight. Greased him down! And Grimson said, yeah, I grabbed and I grabbed and I grabbed and I. They tightened up his jersey really, really, really yeah. tight, greased them all up. He said, I couldn't grab them. I didn't know that. And then he ate about 12 in a row. 
Oh my God! And well, was out of the league for about a year. Up and back came Stu Grimson. Give him credit, man. That would end a lot of guys' careers. The Fizzler has made me laugh, Bob. Uh, I read your book, Bob. It's called From the Bush to the Broadcast Booth: The Meteoric Rise of Bob Stoffer. <laughs> P.S. I want a taste of the profits. Uh, if you use that title, From the Bush to the uh, Broadcast Booth. Wow, from the Fizzler. I, he's referring to my tree planting days, which were. You know, a long time, you know? I've heard about those before. It it was, for the record, it was not a meteoric rise. (laughs) All right, uh, Bob, you never read my text, but here it goes. Toronto trades Mitch Bonner, Connor Brown, a third-round pick in 2020 to Edmonton for Darnell Nurse, a first round of this year's draft, Yamamoto, or another uh, prospect. This trade wouldn't be possible unless you dumped Lucic's contract, but I have a way to do it that can be done. It would involve three teams, including Ottawa, who would retain most of Lucic's salary. Uh, the team uh, Lucic would end up with uh, would get him at an AAV at about $2 million. That one comes to us from Brandon in Regina. Brandon, I need you in my fantasy pool because hey, right. you have worked that, baby. Uh, there is not a chance the Maple Leafs trade Mitch Marner. No chance. Here's what interested me about Dubas when he said, I, "It was my fault that Nylander took yeah, so we long." We ran that clip. Yeah, earlier. I, I listened on the way in. Yeah, uh, but okay. So define how a GM gets players signed quicker. Then what does he do? Does he just throw the money to him? Just say, "Okay, take what you need. Just sign." Like, like how do you manage your cap and be a smart GM and grind a player once in a while? And then when it happens and it goes bad, you go, oh, it's my fault. i got to change that. I'm not sure how you pull that off, Bob. And that was a criticism of some of Dubas's quote yesterday on, on Nylander, that he just put the ball and, you know, Ferris has got the upper hand. To just back the truck up. For the record, Darren Ferris is a tough negotiator. I mean, I don't think he's Kurt Overcharge. I mean, Overhart, who represents Jacob Truba. In this. Do you think Truba ends up in Winnipeg next no, year? I think he's gone. You think he's gone? No. Do you think okay? And I'm going to ask you the same question. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Elliot. Who's more likely to be gone, Nylander out of Toronto or Nikolai Ehlers out of Winnipeg? It's a good question. Ah, uh, boy. Oh man, it's a coin flip. Honestly, they're both teams are in serious cap issues. Both guys are are are, you know contributory forwards. Not the A guys, but the B guys. Both making five six million. Both guys are going to get shopped, and the Oilers will be in on both of them. How about that? There you go. This text comes in. It's not of this world how little you two know about horse racing industry. The questions you asked the guests were abysmal at best. Beach ball batting practice. Woeful. <laughs> I, I, You know, I've told my Uncle Brian, stop texting the show, okay? Here's the thing. When you have a guest on, on a show called Oilers Now, and you're talk, talking horse racing, you can't get too much into the specifics. I recall, Speck, you were actually the guy that taught me this during the days of Total Sports. Mm-hmm. We finished an interview with one of the two junior football coaches, and I'd gone through basically his depth chart. You looked at me and you said, I don't know the names. I don't know who any of those players are. Bob. <laughs> How the hell did you know that much yeah, I don't about know who any of those guys are. Right? And it, it was at a time that I was very closely right. watching junior football and CIS football. I was actually going to ask uh, Paul about Sabretooth in the seventh, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yabba-dabba-doo. All right, so you're going to rejoin us on Tuesday? Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, uh, that wraps up the... What day is it today? The Friday edition of Oilers Now. Everybody, have a terrific weekend. Up next, 
A global news weather traffic update with Kyle Morris, followed by the 6.30 afternoon news with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.